This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Welcome back to the Winning Plays Podcast. We've got three big announcements to start the show today. Number one, the Celtics are good again. Winners of five straight, seven of their last eight. Back in the driver's seat for home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs. Number two, B-Rob had a baby. Brian Rob, little Z Rob arrived last weekend. So dad's gonna take some time to uh, to be a good dad and be a good husband, most importantly. But he's stopping very quickly to say hi, Bureau. How are you doing? I'm here. I'm excited. I can't believe and I'm in awe of my wife is the most important thing, I think, after a first week of Zachary's life. But um I'm eager to to from our dad talks with a couple of dads here <laughs> alongside yeah, that's our, that's our third announcement. I'll say that. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm spoiling it here. Yeah. Third announcement. You did. I don't know if I'm even going to do it anymore. Okay, no, fine. <laughs> Number three, joining us today, someone you'll be hearing uh, a lot more of on this feed moving forward, Tom Westerholm, sports writer at boston.com. Uh, has been on the C's beat for how many years now, Tom? It's been a oh, while. Oh, man. It's been, it's been a bit. Uh, Full time I was on uh, starting in uh, 2018. So Okay. Yeah. So come three three years. So we we get we'll have some news. We'll talk about this more as we move forward. But Tom's going to be joining us, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk about it more later. Anyways, uh, let's talk Celtics. The Celtics are good again. B Rob, you you can't you can't stay for very long. No. So give us your, give us your one your one Celtics take that you want to just to just to get us started today. Yeah, this is this is good. I've you know, first of all the. Having the Celtics play on the West Coast when after a baby has arrived is great in terms of just being up all night anyway. So um, from the bits and pieces I've watched over the last week, I'm just going to leave you guys as my hot take um, with Zach on the couch as he's whispered to me. Um, Tristan Thompson is like passing the ball. I think that's been the, the biggest key to this team's turnaround right now. <laughs> is Tristan Thompson passing the ball? Yeah. I think Easy. you're. I think you're sleep deprived. <laughs> <laughs> that's what. It, that's so. That's it. That's like. I want you guys to discuss. I know Tom had some good, interesting tweet numbers in terms of the assist numbers that he had. I think yesterday, but that. That's what I got so far from sleep deprived talk. But I'm just, gonna. I'm. I'm gonna but, step aside for you guys for to 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 dissect that. Just for the record, the Celtics have not lost since Zach was born, right? Yes, and I think actually that is probably the biggest. Like, I think we're 4-0 in the Zachary era. So, like, everyone could talk about, you know, the, the Perkins tweet and everything else. But I think we have to, when, when the story of the 2021 season is written, it might, uh, it might start with Zachary. We'll see. The, the statistics <laughs> only tell one story here. Yeah. <laughs> you keep saying Zachary. So, we're going Zachary and not Zach? Or, or, no, we're going, I think we're going Zach. I, I think, like, I'm definitely going to go Zach. Okay. I mean, are you guys Zachary? I mean, we're doing Zachary from H. Is there any? I mean, Z Rob is the, is, is the way to go. I yeah, think. exactly. The yeah, the thing like the thing that you need to know is that like you can call him Zachary as long as you want, but as soon as he gets to school, people don't want to say Zachary every time. It's going to be Zach anyway. Right. Like that's the, I, my my parents called me Thomas for like ten years, and uh, like you know, I mean, for twenty years they still do, but yeah. The yeah. best, the best Zach to ever play in the NBA is it Zach Randolph or Zach Levine? I go Zebo. Yeah, I think you have to. I think you have to at this point. But Levine's making a push. Or Zach Collins. Maybe he needs, <laughs> he needs a little bit more time. I think. Cool. All right, B Rob. Well, go. Hey, boys. Go do your Thanks thing. for uh, going down the fort, and um, 
look forward to more dad talk with you guys uh, moving forward here. Absolutely, man. Congratulations. All right, Tom, now that we got B-Rod, by the way. No, just kidding. He's yeah, still here. Get him, get him out of here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, now he's gone. Um, why, what, what's going on? Like, what happens in April? Do we want to, do we want it, to, it's, it's so great because what, seven out of their last eight, uh, there are eight games in April. So it's, it's great for splits if you're looking for stats to, yeah. like, to help explain this. <laughs> Once in a while, it works out. It makes it a little bit easier. Um, what, what jumps out to you, man? What, what is the uh, – for me, no, I want yours first. What, what, what is it? What happened? Well, so for me, I think for about 10 games there, I thought it was – and I still think that a big part of it has been, like, the resurgence of Jason Tatum. Um, he's just been great over the last, like, 10 games. Obviously, he struggled a little bit. Um, we're recording this on Friday. He struggled a little bit last night against the Lakers. Um, but at the same time, that Lakers team was like a fake Lakers team, and Jalen Brown was awesome. So that, you know, kind of fixed itself. But I just think, like, when Jason Tatum is really good, everything makes more sense for the Celtics, right? Like, then everybody's, everybody's kind of roles fall into place. It just makes things a little bit easier. And I think, too, just like, you know, the ball movement has been – a lot better and the numbers bear that out um the Celtics Brad Brad has talked often in his post game and um about how the ball movement has made a big difference and, and how the uh I mean Rob Williams plays a big factor in that and um Tristan Thompson uh B Rob's take uh that that, that plays <laughs> plays a role as well so I just think like there's more chemistry kind of happening organically and I think that the rotations are making more sense and I think the roles are just making more sense when Jason Tatum is Jason Tatum and, you know, he's getting healthier. He's starting to feel – his lungs are starting to feel a little bit better, he says. So, I think all of those things are, are big positives. And you just see him. You see him out in the court. And I remember, like, in the, in the bubble last year, it wasn't just that he was playing like a superstar. He was acting like it. And I know this is part of what Perk, what Perk was going at, and I, and I don't want to really harp on that too much. But you can see him coming to life a little bit more out there, talking a little bit, smiling a little bit more, just showing a little bit more expression, just getting excited. And then, you know, we talk about Tatum being Tatum. If he doesn't hit that shot against Portland, that's another yeah. classic Celtics loss, right? <laughs> like that's yeah. like you tell you what, where the narrative goes if he doesn't pull that, that shot out of his ass, and you don't say that when it's Tatum because that's what he does, but, like, it was not, a, it was not an easy shot. He saves the game with that shot, and, you know, still they could have maybe had a two-in-one road trip, and that's, that, that, that's a victory, but that would have been another very brutal loss. Yeah, it would have been. I mean, I think, I think a lot of people would have kind of looked at that and said, okay, like, Portland is a good team. You know, the Celtics were on the road. Like, even if the Celtics have been playing great all year, it's not like it would have been some stunner that they lost to Portland in Portland. Like that's a, you know, it's a good basketball team. So well, what were they? Think, what, what, they were up by a lot, in the, uh, not by a lot, but like significant amount with not that much time left there. Right. Wasn't it like a, that's the thing. Yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, I mean, but for sure, I, I think that like, <laughs> that uh, like Tatum has, has really kind of shouldered that. And, and, and that's what we had kind of have come to expect to see from him. I think the other thing too, is like, Brad talked uh, after the after the Portland game about how this stretch has kind of mirrored the stretch that he had last year, um, right before the NBA shut down, where he had that February and he averaged like 30 points a game. And I think he was shooting like almost 50% from three. And he's not shooting 50% from three right now, but he is still averaging almost 30 a game over his last 10 games. So, um, you know, I think that just speaks to like, he's getting to the free throw line a little bit more. He's making more free throws. Like, Last year, I looked it up. He was shooting like 75% from the free throw line during that stretch. It was really weird. Wait, during, um, that, during that eruption last year? Yeah, yeah. No he kidding. was like just – yeah, he was missing a lot of free throws. 
this year, I mean, during this stretch, he's shooting like 90% or something like but that. He's, he's 50, 40, um, 90 in, in April. Yeah. In these eight yeah. games, his true shooting percentage is 650, um, which is, I think there was one, I, I went back, there's one random month, his rookie year, actually, that he was like 67% true shooting. But this would yeah. be like his second best month. And again, it's, it's, it's relatively young. But uh, yeah, he's, he's getting it done. But it's literally a legit 50, 40, 90, averaging 27 and a half, 8.1. 3.6 assists and again right you said he's getting to the line he's being aggressive he is he's back it's yeah. really kind of that simple yeah and i mean like you're curious to see what it looks like when he feels 100 percent again because he talks uh you know about how he's using an inhaler before games now and how you know like he still doesn't he feels a lot better but he's still not like 100 100 percent so I'd be curious to see what he looks like when he's when he feels like perfect um but yeah, I mean, he, he looks a lot more like himself. And I think, I think if, if you're kind of ranking the factors of why the Celtics look good again, that to me feels like number one. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think then there's some, I mean, Jalen always, you know, he's this, this part of being the second banana, I guess. But I mean, he has been just as great. I mean, 17 of 20. I mean, there, there are 40 yeah. point games and there were 40 point games. And uh, what he did last night in, in, in LA, uh, just just remarkable to see him do it the way he is. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was cool, too, because you saw a bunch of new stuff from him. Like, I, I don't know how much – I mean, we've seen him, like, shoot some floaters. But to, to watch him just, like, make every floater he just kind of threw up at the rim, like, over so some casual. really tough yeah. Like, yeah, like, I, over the, yeah, he had one over Montrez. Like, that, like Montrez Harold definitely should have blocked that shot. But, you know, he's just lofting these tough, tough ones up there. And then he comes back in you know, because the bench can't uh, hold a 20-point lead. And <laughs> just, you know, he's right back to it. Like, he misses his first three, and then he knocks down a couple of floaters, and then the Celtics win. And it was like, you know, it was kind of that simple. I mean, he was he was really spectacular, and I think he's been really good over the last, like, five or so games, too. Like, he's had, he's had some really nice moments. Yeah, it's interesting because the one, the one thing we've seen recently from Jalen is that his, the assist numbers are down. I don't know if, if he's just – just really just locking in on, on just getting to the, to the rim and scoring the ball. And I, I, I don't, it could just be random. Right. But I like that. Hold on. I had his, I had his splits here for a second and it's just eight games. So not a big deal, but let me bring it back up. It, it was something like, it's like one of the first, one of the first stretches in a while where he's got like more turnovers than assists. Um, could just be random. Right. It's, it's, it's very early. Yeah. It's only got like, it's basically two assists a game during this yeah. stretch. And again, because we talked so much about his playmaking earlier in the season as sort of one of the marks of him evolving into this all-star, maybe even more than that eventually. But I don't know. That's nitpicking. Um, what about – and then there's like like the combination of like Kemba and Marcus. Marcus shooting like 46% from three uh, over this last eight-game stretch where they've lost seven games and not shooting a lot, right? Yeah. He's playing within himself. Really – he looks closer to Marcus, the first team all defense guy than he has since he's been back. Yeah. It's been funny because he's, he keeps, you know, he's asked questions after games where it's like, do you feel more like yourself? You know, are, like what do you feel like you're taking better shots? And every time he gets super defensive and I, I kind of get that because, you know, I mean, it, it can't be easy to have people be like, Hey, it's, it's probably better that you're not shooting so much. Huh? Like, I feel like <laughs> I would also get defensive if people were saying that to me, but at the same time, he's he, like him not shooting much does not mean that he's not a good player, right? Like, if, even if you go back to his high school days, 
he was averaging like 10, 15 points a game, and he was still one of the best prospects in the country. That's, that's always been his thing, is, is if he doesn't shoot that much, he is still a really good player and, and maybe a, a better player. Um, and, that's, and again, that's not a knock on how good he is. He's a really good basketball player. It's just that he's, he's at his best when he's facilitating. He's at his best when all of his energy is going to the defensive end because he's just such a, a dynamic player in both of those regards. And I think, that's, I think that's been one of the side effects of Tatum being really good is that Smart doesn't feel like, okay, the offense is struggling. Let me, you know, hijack it a couple times and see if, if I can get something going. It's just like, you know, it's just it, he's playing within it. And I think that makes a big difference. Right. Like you said, like, and like not only is Marcus Smart probably at his best when he's not doing that, but like when you play on a team where there's Jason Tatum, when there's Jalen Brown, where there's Kemba Walker, this, your team is also better when, yeah. <laughs> when, when, when you are doing that. Much better. But, you know, and there's that one play. Was it all these empty uh, arenas kind of blend together. Was it the Portland game where he had that ridiculous recovery where he dove yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a, 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 a dumb dive anyways, to bring yourself out of the play, but in perfect Marcus smart fashion, like he comes back to, to, to make the steal. But like, you know, that's, that's him. It, it, it really was. And it was, it was funny. Cause like that, I mean, like you, you said it, that dive was just, I watched him do that and I my like I, I think I audibly said like what are you doing like it, it completely took him out of the play um you know he gave the Blazers a five on four except that he's Marcus Smart so he just stole the ball and that turned into I think it turned into a three for Tatum like just yeah I mean when again when, when it's he doesn't impact the game by scoring he impacts the game by doing everything else and that you know that boosts the Celtics I still, man, the, the, my big concern with him still is just availability. And like, because you, you see a guy, especially as he gets older, the more he's, he's taking these hits, diving for, for and, and you love it because that's Marcus Smart. But like, I just want him to be there when it matters. Yeah. And, you know, that's just speculation and, and pessimism, I guess. But it still scares me a little bit just because, like I said, the, for the Celtics to be, and I don't know, we'll talk maybe at the end of this, like what we think the expectations still are for this season. And if this little stretch changes anything, I don't necessarily think it does, but like if there is any chance that the Celtics are going to make a surprise run this season, obviously they need, they need this version of Marcus smart. And also like, it's interesting to see, you know, Kemba find his role. And that's, and, and you mentioned at the top, like one of the, like the biggest factors in the success is that guys are figuring out where they should be and, and what they de- need to do for this team to be at its best. And at the same time, you know, this, this seven out of eight games, like, the lowest Kemba's usage rate is way down lowest points per game by a lot. Um, the assists are way up. Uh, he's even rebounding a little bit more than he has. Like, what are you seeing from him? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think you, I think that's exactly right. Like he's sort of settling into a role that the Celtics need him to play, which is more of a facilitator, which has kind of never been who he, who he is. He's always been a scoring point guard. So I'm curious to see how that works out because like, again, the Celtics brought him in. They paid him all this money to be like a scoring point guard who can kind of lead the attack. I mean, I, I, I kind of wonder if they, if they looked at him and kind of saw somebody who could be almost Isaiah Thomas again, right? This, this kind of pick and roll point guard who could um, come off high screens and, and get into the paint, collapse the defense. And he's done a little bit of that, but that just isn't who he is at this stage. And, you know, maybe he can get back to it. Maybe not. Maybe this, maybe this version of him is, is kind of what the Celtics are going to have going forward. And if that's the case, I still think that, I mean, the contract is, is really tough, right? Yeah. But, <laughs> um, but 
you know, like if he's helping, that helps. Like, like as long as he is actually like bringing something and, and like the Celtics are going to go as far as Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown can bring them. So if Kemba Walker can facilitate that to an extent, then that's, then that's a positive, right? Because like, like the, the, the whole thing is just make this easier for Tatum and Brown. And as long as Kemba is doing that, I, I feel like, you know, the Celtics can feel a little bit better uh, just kind of about what he's bringing. Okay, two things. First, I'm going to break some uh, some winning a winning plays exclusive here. Um, that Isaiah Thomas is not coming to Boston. Correct. Yes, it's not. It's not. It's not going to happen. Um, despite that report, I don't think they're going down that road. Uh, the second was, do you think? Um, what about the idea? And I know it's it's tricky for a few reasons, but take everything out. Take the egos out. Take the contracts out. Whatever. Are the Celtics a better team if Kemba is coming off the bench? So this is I mean, for, I, Fournier is healthy in this scenario. Yeah, for sure. I, when they traded for Fournier, I, that was my first thought, right? Cause like you look at, I mean, smart makes a lot of sense as a pass first point guard. I mean, that's literally the role in which he's best offensively. Um, you know, Fournier is a much more, I think, I think Fournier is a much more dangerous scorer at this stage, just given his, his size and all, all of his skill. I think it would be worth experimenting with. Um, that said, I think if the Celtics are still playing pretty well when Fournier comes back, it might be a situation where this team, you know, everything that's happened this season, like I don't mean fragile in a bad way. I mean fragile in a very understandable way. Like things might be too fragile to shake it up like that. Like you might just have to be like, okay, this is working. Fournier is going to help a lot. He's going to play 25, 30 minutes a game off the bench. But like what, what they have right now is going pretty well. And they've seen that like things cannot go well. So like maybe just kind of like, you know, ride this roller coaster or <laughs> ride this and hope it doesn't turn back into a roller coaster. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I guess that's fair. I, I do think in a perfect world Kemba and we'll see, like we, as we've seen this year, like it is a roller coaster as much as we want this to be the, the end of it and for it to flatten out or just to keep going up and up and up and never come down. Uh, it's probably not the case. You've, you, you've noticed uh, Kemba's foul shooting this year by the way? Uh, not especially. Is it high, low? He, he has taken 106 foul shots. How many has he hit? <laughs> um, interesting. Uh, let's see. I will go. I think he's been, I'll say, I'll say 90. He's hit a hundred of 106 foul shots this year. Wow. 94%, that's... 94 point something. Yeah. I had not, I mean, Wow, that's uh, that's such a high number that I feel like I probably should have noticed that. That's wild. Yeah, I was I was looking through his uh, again, I was looking through the splits today, and I saw that he's hit like his last. Oh, whatever. I'm not going to track it down. It's not that interesting. But yeah, he's been he's been ridiculous. And speaking of high percentages, the uh, I was looking at Basketball References playoff odds. They just uh, yep. released the new a new batch within the last hour. Celtics are at ninety eight point four percent. I don't know. I, if mean, that, if, I don't know if they count the play in as as making the playoffs, but the Bucks, the Nets, and the Sixers are, are all at a hundred Celtics, 98.4, the Hawks, 96.7. And then the Knicks are like 79.9. It's a big jump drop after that. Cause I guess, so that would, that would make you believe that they're not counting the play in. Do you have them? The in, where's, where's the heat? Where are the heat? Uh, the, the heat is 71.4. That's wild that they're below the Knicks. Yeah. I don't know if that's a matter of schedule because yeah. they see, I mean, what, like, I, I don't, doesn't quite make sense because I mean Jimmy's healthy. It seems like Bam is healthy. Yeah. Um, and other than that, like <laughs> if those two guys are there, you would think that's at least good enough to make the playoffs in the East, especially 
yeah. with, uh, with Charlotte struggling and Pacers, who knows, and the Bulls are falling fast. Um, well, and I think all of those are the reasons why the Celtics would be really high, right? Because, like, and the Hawks, too. Because, like, when you look at the play-in tournament, I just think, like, Charlotte looks like it's very much on its way down. I mean, you know, you mentioned, like, Chicago. Like, I think the Knicks you just, like, don't necessarily feel like you can trust. I think there are a lot of teams below the Celtics now. Now that the Celtics have moved up and they're in that kind of 4-5 or five range, I do feel like there is a, a good chance for them to put some distance and, and really avoid the play-in game. Like, just not – like, not have that even be on the radar by the time the season kind of comes to a close because – like Charlotte's so banged up, um, you know, like all, all those teams down there below them, I, I do feel like have like are, are going to provide a little bit of a buffer between them and, and the seventh seed. If the Celtics could somehow grab the fourth seed, right? I'm trying, I'm looking now. I mean, it seems like Atlanta would be the pretty ideal opponent. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, even oh, though yeah. it's crazy that they lost the season series to them. It's so, but again, it's so hard to look at any season series this year because you don't know who was playing in any in any specific game. It's been so crazy, especially with the Celtics this year. And they played the Hawks. Oh, wow. All three games were over the course of a week. Yeah. Uh, during which the Celtics were lost four out of five games, it seems. So that was a, that was not a great time. Oh yeah, that was just. So they played back to back against the Hawks, and then they had that horrible loss to New Orleans yes. and the horrible loss at Dallas, and then they had the the back to back in Atlanta. Okay, so we're not counting that as anything. So obviously they need to finish ahead of Atlanta because they don't have the tiebreaker. But that would be a pretty ideal matchup in the first round. Well, I think the other thing about that too is that those games against Atlanta were during that stretch where the Celtics played like it was it was some ridiculous number it was like 10 or like 12 or 15 or some amount of games where the opposing team's best player scored 30 or more against them like it was that stretch they just could not stop any lead guard at all and of course like Trey Young was just like sick let me like I'm just gonna get some buckets here I'm gonna get like 18 (laughs) free throws in this game like you know it was like yeah of course you're not gonna be able to to do much with the Hawks at that point so yeah I think I think the Hawks are like the ideal matchup for them like Trey Young's first playoff appearance I like that that sounds you know that just sounds like a great uh a great opportunity for them to to win a series and uh you know maybe salvage something out of the season and one of those Hawks games it was I mean I think Trey was great too but that was when when Gallinari did he did he actually have 40 in that game I mean he may have I I gotta say man like um, like I, 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 as somebody who, uh, who, who like still like plays pickup ball and everything, like watching Gallinari go off, like that was inspiring. Cause I was like, all right, cool. Like after I'm washed up, I might still have some games where I can just like, you know, make like 18 three pointers. And everybody's like, oh man, that dude used to be nice. So, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I got, I got the box score now, 10 to 12 from three, yeah. 30, 38 <laughs> points, six rebounds. And now you look, and then just really quick, you look at the Celtics that game Jeff Teague starts plays 28 minutes you had no yeah. Marcus you had no Kemba you had the the double double centers with Tristan and Tice uh J- Tatum was four of 20 yeah uh, 13. Which, I mean <laughs> like you mentioned the double bigs like you want to talk about a reason the Celtics aren't uh are starting to surge again like Danny Ainge removing that uh that temptation from Brad I think has helped quite a bit Dude, this, this is fucking crazy. I'm, I'm looking at this box score. So in that same game that, that, that I'm saying, you know, we had Tristan played 25. T- Tice only played 11. But Robert Williams played 14 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, whatever. I mean, Hopefully it's, it's uh, <laughs> that, that big – I mean, honestly, though, like, I, I feel for Brad because I think he knew that that big rotation wasn't working. 
And at the same time, what are you supposed to do? You're trying to get minutes for Rob, who's trying to develop. You're trying to get minutes for Tristan, who you just paid the complete non-taxpayer mid-level exception to. You're trying to get minutes to Daniel Tice, who's been your starter on he's like good. deep yeah. playoff runs, who's a good player. And like you're trying to do all those things in an NBA where you can't play two bigs anymore. So like I, it was a that was a tough position for uh, for for Brad to be in. So like I thought the Celtics like trading Tice was a little tough just because he's a good player, but at the same time like it, it just clarified things I think a lot for the team. Yeah, they just never should have signed Tristan. Is the truth, but what can Correct. they do? <laughs> um, and it, do you do you have any insight? I know it's hard because I mean no one's really on the road with the team, but any insight into Rob's knee kind of just. Does that seem? I, I mean, it's, obvious, it's it's never good when when a guy misses a game. Certainly not with a knee injury when you when you play the way that that Rob Williams does. But was there a specific play? Did you see anything where he might have come up like limp or anything? I haven't seen anything. My, I mean, my impression is that like especially this season where everything's so condensed, like knee knee stuff like that is going to be pretty. I mean, Jalen's been dealing with tendonitis all year. Like, I think there's going to be a lot of guys who are just kind of like limping around a little bit. It could probably use a night or two off. And Brad did say like, you know, this doesn't seem like a, like a long-term thing at all. He doesn't expect this to be like a, like a kind of a big thing going forward. So, I mean, we'll see like if, if he misses another game or two, maybe it's something to be really concerned about, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Celtics were just like, like Rob is, you know, Rob's a really good player, but he's been a little bit fragile. So like, you know, maybe just kind of take care of him uh, and give him a chance to rest uh, before they go home. We, we can't, we can't lose Rob. Just emotionally, yeah. just emotionally. I don't think, Celtics, the Celtics, I said Celtics nation, whatever. I don't think Boston, I don't think anyone who cares even a little bit about the Celtics can, can withstand losing Rob right now. We need to treat him kid gloves, yeah. put him in a bubble, whatever you need to do to make sure that he is okay for when it matters. I mean, I was, I was saying that earlier this year too, when he was dealing with all that hip stuff, it was like, look, this guy's been so good. I feel like whatever you need to do to make him like a long-term member of your team, you got to do like, right. Like to like, take care to take care of his health because if it actually is going to be a thing where you know he's got he's got minor injuries here or there he's got like you know problems that could develop down the road I mean trying to nip that stuff in the bud right now when trying to nip that stuff in the bud right now when he is a a useful member of the team but not crucial that could be really good down the line when he becomes crucial you know to, right. to like just kind of have already handled those uh, those types of situations Cool. All right. Well, let's, let's wrap this up with uh, one final conversation is anything again. So we, we, we spoke well, we weren't recording, but I think we all spoke like two, three weeks ago and we were talking about like, does anyone even care about the Celtics anymore? Is it worth even having podcasts about the Celtics? <laughs> like everyone was so frustrated. It looked like they were, they were, we were having, we were having the conversation. Are we going to root for them to miss out on the playing game and this goes straight to the lottery because what's the point? Uh, this happens you know, again. Tatum, Tatum comes alive. Jalen is is shades of you know the the player that was an all star earlier after struggling a little bit more recently. Um, Kemba has played like in ten of eleven games. Obviously, that helps with you know when they don't have as many back to backs on the schedule. Mark is right. playing within himself. Uh, Ra, which again, as B Rob said off the top, we say what you will about Tristan Thompson. I've I've said most of it, but the guy's playing much better. Uh, looks like he's in better shape. Uh, shades of the guy that you thought maybe the Celtics were getting. What are your expectations for the, for this season? Like, let's say that they can get the fourth seed. Um, what's the ceiling for this Celtics team? Well, I mean, I, I like we'll see. I, I think we'll know a lot more after this weekend when we see them play the Nets because 
I'm curious to see them play some of these contenders, some of the Eastern Conference contenders, with kind of this new momentum, this new kind of, uh, I mean, I guess seemingly new mentality, um, where they actually seem to expect to win games. Um, huh. So, like, I'll be I'll, – I'll feel a little bit more comfortable in my takes after that. But, I mean, for now, I still think that, like, the three teams that are above them are clearly better to me. Like, clearly. I, I, think, I think Brooklyn and Philly certainly and, and, you know, Milwaukee. Like, that's just, like, this season I think that's just a different tier of basketball team. So, I mean, to me, if the Celtics win their first-round series and they're competitive against whoever they face in the second round, you know, whether that's Brooklyn, whether that's Philly, whether, you know, as, like, as long as they do that, I think they can feel really good about kind of turning their season around and going into the off season with a little bit of momentum, kind of taking stock of where things are at, seeing what happens in the off season, seeing what Danny does and, you know, going from there and building from there and, and uh, watching what happens to the rest of the teams. Like if you can, if you can mount a real playoff push where you, you know, you make Brooklyn sweat after you, you know, beat the Hawks in five or something like that. That to me is like a, a, a really nice, you know, maybe it's not like the ceiling ceiling, um, but I think it would be a really nice place to kind of end up. I think, I think the, the nicer place would be a second round matchup with Philly. Yeah. That, that, that's the one we're just, again, Embiid is as, 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 as it seems like Jokic might win the MVP, but Embiid is right up there. If he didn't get hurt, if he's healthy, terrifying, but still seems maybe a little bit combustible, you know, until you yeah. see him do it in the playoffs, you're still wondering if, if he can stay locked in. And then Simmons obviously is, is his own, his own issues, but like that, that second round against Philly is the chance to, I think the Celtics could really shock the world. I don't know if they can, if it comes down to, to Brooklyn, the conference finals or even Milwaukee, I don't feel quite as good, but that's my ceiling. I think right now is that you, you get, you get a, a breezy first round matchup with the Hawks where you can kind of hit your stride and hopefully stay healthy and get it in, in maybe five or six games. And then you catch Philly and, and, and either Embiid isn't healthy or can't quite keep it together on, on that on that stage in that spotlight. It's going to be crazy because you know you wonder. I wonder how how full these arenas are going to be by the time the yeah. playoffs come around as well. I mean, er- everything's going to be different, and the and the guys who haven't done it before, I think it might be even a little bit more difficult. Um, but whatever. I think that's a good place to stop. Um, a very positive podcast. Our first time talking to each other uh, over the airwaves. Uh, I think that's good. Definitely. Yeah. Any, yeah, for any, sure. And it was, this was uh, this was fun. And we had a, we 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 welcomed Zachary uh, Rob to the world too. So that's, absolutely, that's welcome, especially welcome nice. Z Rob. That's <laughs> that's awesome, man. We'll have to have one podcast where it's just all, everyone's kids. No, I actually know. <laughs> so I, I feel like mo- most of the podcasts you can hear mine in the background anyway. So <laughs> uh, my my son would just come on and talk about T Rexes for thirty five minutes. So you know, yeah, <laughs> uh, like if you if you ever want if you ever want some T Rex or Spinosaurus talk, my uh, my son's the guy for you. Okay. Well, maybe I think that's a good niche p- podcast. I think, <laughs> I don't know if that exists yet. I have to search Spotify when we're done. Uh, cool. All right, Tom, thanks for coming on. We'll talk to everyone soon. Uh, I guess subscribe winning plays follow us. What, what's your, your Tom underscore NBA. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still suffering through that Twitter handle. So yeah. <laughs> I, I was going to say what, what, what's the suffering is the underscore. I have an underscore as well. It's, it kills me. Oh no. I just like, I, I mean, like, I just feel like, you know, you know, those people who would have like, like John underscore ESPN or whatever. And then like, they don't work for ESPN. Like I don't work for the NBA. Like I, I like, you know what I mean? It's sure. a, but like it was 2009. I got the account literally to talk about the NBA because 
um, shout out to an editor at like a blog I used to work for. It was like, hey, you should have a Twitter account. So this Twitter Tom thing. underscore NBA was, was born. But yeah. it's like it's like Sam Sheehan NBA. Yeah, yeah right? exactly. <laughs> exactly. And like, I'm not trying to do a bit. So, you know, <laughs> but you're not actually... that he's trying to do a bit. Sam Sheehan NBA for hire. <laughs> But yeah, but but you're but we're here talking about the NBA, so I th- I think I think it checks out. Um, cool. All right, man. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good, man.